is Insomnia, a show where I tell you stories to help you fall asleep. This story is called American Gods, and it starts off in prison with this man named Shadow. He has short black hair, dark skin, and he's very tall and athletic. In his prison cell, He has a calendar of a raven, and he's marking down the days of when he's going to get out. While in prison, he's kept himself in shape, athletic, and he's taught himself coin tricks. Now, Shadow knows that he's about to get out fairly soon, and everyone is trying to rile him up. One of his inmates says, what are you going to do when you get out? And at the same time, there's a prison riot happening. But Shadow just stays in his cell. And he doesn't engage because he knows that it's so close for him to get out. He just thinks about having a bubble bath when he gets home. And holding his wife, Laura, in his hands. And Laura has big eyes and long brunette hair and light skin. And Shadow just keeps on playing his coin tricks so he knows to keep calm. And that he'll be out someday soon. Now, he's talking to a parole officer. His parole officer is saying that you're 32, huh? Shadow goes, yeah. The parole officer says, well, you've been a very model inmate. Shadow knows this. And he goes, how's your wife? Shadow just answers very poignantly and very candidly, and he knows to not ask questions. Because if he asks questions to the parole officer, it'll be seen as being contentious. So Shadow just keeps his wife, Laura, in his mind. Now, there's an inmate, and Shadow sees him and he says, Hey, we need to talk. What? And then the inmate says, A storm is coming. It's on the way. Shadow says, Yeah, I know. It feels like it might snow. He goes, No, no, no. That's not the storm I'm talking about. A bigger storm is coming. And you're better off in here than out there when the storm comes. And Shadow's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to go home on Friday. I'm going to Eagle Point, Indiana. And the man, the other inmate says, don't say it, it'll warn you. So, it's two days left. And one of the guards approaches Shadow and says, I need you to come with me. And Shadow just goes with him. While they're walking, the guard is trying to rile him up. And he's calling Shadow all these names, but Shadow doesn't respond. Because he knows that if he gets riled up, his parole will be taken from him. Now, he gets into the office of the warden. And the warden says, please sit down. Shadow says, okay. And the warden says, listen, you were released to be due to let be let go on Friday. And Shadow goes, what do you mean, where? And he says, I have some good news and some bad news. Yeah, he 
that's good news is you're going to be let out early. Okay. Bad news is your wife. She died. She was in a car accident. So Shadow can't believe it. He's released. He gets the stuff. But he's not sure what's going on. He doesn't believe that the death of his wife is actually real. And he makes his efforts to get to this Eagle Point, Indiana place. So now he's on a bus. And he goes to the airport and he says to the gate agent that I'm supposed to have a ticket that my wife bought for me to go to Indiana. But I need an earlier flight. She goes, okay, well, can your wife help you? He goes, no, unfortunately, she died. So the uh, agent says, okay, I think we can route you to a flight, but you need to run to your flight right now. So Shadow makes a way for it, and he bolts to get to his flight. So the flight will take him from prison to St. Louis, then St. Louis to Eagle Point, Indiana. Now, Shadow barely makes his flight, and he's sitting on the plane. And what's lucky is that because he had the same seat as another customer, he was upgraded to first class. And there he sits next to a man who has a scar and a fake eye in his left eye socket. And the man says, you're late. Shadow goes, well, I know I was running to the plane. He goes, no, you're late. And Shadow goes, okay. So the plane takes off. The man with the scar over his eye keeps talking to him. And says, hey, I want you to work for me. And he goes, okay, I don't need a job. So you see Shadow's goal was that he was going to leave prison, go to Eagle Point, Indiana with his wife, and his best friend was going to hook him up with a job at his uh, gym and help him out. But his wife died in the car with his best friend. So the man says, listen, Shadow, I have a job for you and I'll pay you better than anyone. And Shadow says, how do you know my name? And the man says, I just know. So what is your name? You can call me Mr. Wednesday. Goes, What's your real name? Well, you can just call me that. He goes, Can I call you Thursday? He goes, No, Wednesday. So Shadow starts dozing off and going to sleep. And in that, he has a dream. And in his dream, is still this Mr. Wednesday guy. Now, they wake up. Shadow uh, gets off the plane. He look, he's looking for like a rent-a-car place. Again, he goes into a close-by restaurant or bar and goes to the washroom. And there, there's Mr. Wednesday again. And Mr. Wednesday says, have you had time to think? Do you want a job? Now, the next scene. There's a black woman, and she's in her room with candles and sheets, and her bedroom is lit in red. 
there's a man there and he says hey I paid you so we should have just done this in the car she goes what you don't want me and he goes no 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 but he goes uh anyway I just want to get down to business so she strips and she's laying in bed naked she tells him to put down his phone and she says come here so she says hey I'll do anything to you I do whatever you want but I need you to do something for me knows what she says I need you to worship me and he goes what do you mean he says just tell me you'll worship me so they start getting intimate and he's feeling good and the better he's feeling she's saying now worship me and he starts talking and he starts saying I deliver my breath and my soul to you I deliver my body to you and he just starts talking and he can't stop speaking in this manner and her hair grows and she has a diadem and stars all over it man can't believe it and it's as if he has been swallowed up into her body by her vagina and when she wakes he's gone he's been absorbed into her and the phone buzzes and she just picks up and she says no he's not here he's gone now back to shadow Shadow and Mr. Wednesday are in the men's washroom. And when they get out, Mr. Wednesday is sitting at a table and he offers Shadow a seat. And he says, listen, I'll buy you whatever meal you want and let me tell you about this job. So they sit down. He says, well, I'm going to need you to be my bodyguard. And he goes, listen, man, I already got a job. And he goes, no, you don't have a job. Your friend died in that car crash with your wife. You don't have a job. So mine is the best offer you have. So Shadow thinks about it and says, fine. But you know what? I don't want to. He says, first of all, I'm going to flip a coin. It's an heads or tail. And Mr. Wednesday says, Why? Shadow says, I don't want to work with someone who has worse luck than me. So, they flip the coin, and Shadow reveals that he's rigged the coin toss. He knows how to do that so well. Now, Mr. Wednesday, he says, Matt Sweeney, I haven't seen you in a long time. And approaching is this guy, very tall, with red hair, bright red hair, blue jacket, khaki pants and a white t-shirt so he goes this is Matt Sweeney and Matt Sweeney goes uh-huh and he looks at Shadow and he says I'm a leprechaun Shadow goes really and he says shouldn't you be drinking Guinness and Matt Sweeney says that's just a stereotype there's a lot more to Ireland than just Guinness so Matt Sweeney uh, is given a cup of something and 
and shadows given to by Mr. Wednesday, and he tells him to drink. Shadow drinks it, and then he just starts kind of going into this uh, shock. And Matt Sweeney starts singing, and Shadow is asking, "What is in this drink?" And Mr. Wednesday says, it's mead. Mead, the drink of the gods. So, Matt Sweeney, he's getting more and more rambunctious and louder. And Shadow's playing with a coin in his hand. And Matt Sweeney says, huh, coin trick. Let me show you this one. And he reaches out his fingers and he pulls a coin out of the air. He puts it into a cup and more coins appear. And he taps a pocket, and more coins appear out of that. And he says, that's a coin trick. And Shadow says, I need to know how you did it. And they go, I did it. That's how I did it. And he again pulls another coin out of the air. Shadow again goes back to his mead. And then Mad Sweeney gets more and more in his face. And he says that great Wednesday gets himself a bodyguard. But I wonder how good he is. So he starts challenging Shadow to a fight. And Shadow doesn't want any part of it. And Matt Sweeney throws a punch and hits Shadow in the face. Suddenly there's a fight. And Shadow and Matt Sweeney are going at it. Knocking at each other. And their bottles of meat alcohol on the ground more and more. Eventually Shadow wakes up and he's in the back of a car and he does remember what happened at all. And Mansweeney says, you don't remember the fight? And Shadow says, that wasn't a fight. And Mansweeney says, yeah. And Shadow says, what did I drink? You drank mead. You were drinking mead. Shadow is at a hotel and he's washing himself up and he's uh, looking in his eyes and seeing how bloodshot they are. When he gets out, Mr. Wednesday is trying to pay and he has cash in his hand and he's trying to pay the front using card and he's just not sure how to use these things. Shadow looks at him and has pity for him. He says, man, Here's this old man who just doesn't know how to keep paying using the digital world. Pays in cash. Now Shadow goes to his wife's funeral. And then and he walks and he sees her body. And he mourns over it. And the wife of his best friend walks in. She says, oh, hi, Shadow. She looks at Laura's body, and she spits in his face, in her face, and on Laura's face. And Shadow goes to her and says, what are you doing? You can't do that. And she goes, oh, you know, you probably didn't hear this, but they found her dead in the car with my husband. And his cock was in her mouth. And so Shadow can't believe it. 
he takes the coin that Matt Sweeney had taken out of the air, which was a gold coin, and he puts it on Laura's coffin as they bury her into the ground. And just then, someone comes from behind Shadow and puts a chloroform rag over his mouth. He can't breathe, and when he wakes up, he's in a car. There's this boy, this teenager, this young man, sitting at the end of a limousine. And he says to him, hey, you tell that Mr. Wednesday guy that he's the past. He's going to be nothing. And this guy is constantly smoking. And he's blowing the rings out of his mouth. He says, we are the future. He's going to be nothing, so don't spend your time with him. He's just spam. And Shadow doesn't know what's happening. They eventually leave him. They push him outside the limousine, and they keep going. And Shadow's just stranded at a motel. When Shadow enters, he sees Mr. Wednesday. Mr. Wednesday says, how was the funeral? Shadow says, well, it's over. Mr. Wednesday tells him, go get some sleep. In the morning, we'll head to Eagle Point. So Shadow goes, and he lays in bed. Before that, he takes his bubble bath, and then he gets in bed. He looks at the bed next to him, and he hears a voice. He thinks that he's sleeping, but the voice says, hey, puppy. Is that Laura? And he looks and his wife is sitting on the bed And he goes, this can't be real And she goes, hey, I'm cold And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, are you dead? And she goes, yeah, that's it And he says, hey, I heard you died with Robbie, my best friend and she goes, I didn't want you to know but it gets lonely I just needed someone to talk to and one thing led to another and he goes I don't know if you're real but I don't want you here right now so she gets ready to leave but she takes out the gold coin that he put on her coffin and she says it was very sweet of you to give me this she kisses him and Shadow says that her kisses are cold very cold and then she leaves now at this point in the story there's a huge flashback and it's about a viking ship coming to america and the leader says that oh odin if you can bring us safely to this land i'll make a sacrifice so they arrive, and each of and now they have to make a sacrifice. So everyone draws straws, and sure enough, the leader is the one who's supposed to die. So he puts a noose around his neck, but made of like intestines or something. And instead of a spear, it's just a little pin. It's supposed to kind of bypass the sacrifice. But just then, the noose transforms to a real rope, and the pin transforms to a spear. 
and the king dies. Now, it's Odin accepting the sacrifice in America for their protection. Now, a Native American comes to them and they give him alcohol, they get him drunk, and what the people end up doing is sacrificing him again. Again, they hang him and they put a spear through him. And two ravens sit on his shoulders and they pluck his eyes out. And when the ship leaves, there's a big picture of three Nordic gods in the background of America still. Tyr, Thor, and Odin. So, the next morning, Shadow and Mr. Wednesday are sitting in a cafe. And they're getting ready to drive to Eagle Creek, Indiana. And they're in the car. They're on their way. But Odin says, hey, I need to make a stop. We're going to go to Chicago and make a quick stop to see someone I know. So they go to this house. This old woman comes down. And Odin says, Zoria, how have you been? And she says, he's not here. He goes, I don't know who you're talking about. She goes, he's not here. This old Eastern European woman looks at Shadow and she says, you can kiss my hand. So, he does. The woman says, you're a good boy. I'm going to make groceries. I'm going to make dinner for us. And then she looks at Mr. Wednesday and takes his pants out of her hand to take his cash to make dinner. Now, Mr. Wednesday and Shadow, they go up to the apartment. They knock on the door comes out this old man Mr. Chernabog and and Wednesday introduces him to Shadow and Shadow asks how are you? and he goes well I'm old my gut aches my back hurts so what can I do? they go in and there's the other sister Zoria and so they're all sitting down and Mr. Wednesday lights a match so that Mr. Jernabog can have a smoke inside. And then Mr. Jernabog looks at Shadow and he says, You know what I did when I got to Chicago? No. I got a job in the meat business on the kill floor. I was a knocker. We take the sledgehammer and we knock the cow down. And he shows off his muscles. He then asks Shadow, do you have a brother? Shadow goes, not that I know of. Mr. Trinderbox starts talking about his brother. He says, I have a brother. He's blonde, and people say he's the good one. And my hair's dark, so I'm the bad one. And Shadow asks if they were close. He goes, no, we were not close. We cared about different things. Just then, the first sister that we met walks in and she says she's going to prepare dinner and then Mr. Chernabog asks Shadow do you play checkers and he goes yes and Mr. Chernabog says I'll be black and then the game begins
So now, Trinabog and Shadow are playing checkers, and Trinabog is winning, and he actually beats Shadow. And he says, well, I won already. And Shadow says, how about we play another game? And he goes, why? I have nothing. You have nothing. And he says, what if we make a wager? Okay. If I win, you have to come with me and Mr. Wednesday for whatever task he wants. Okay. And if I lose, you get to knock my brains out with a sledgehammer. Trinbach agrees. He enjoys it. So, there they go. And they start playing a game. They're playing checkers again. Now, uh, Mr. Wednesday is watching. And Trinbach says, just so I get it straight, I get to knock your brains out. And you'll be on your knees, willingly. Villager. So, they play again. Now, as they're going, Shadow notices something. He notices that Trinabog has been playing for years. And Trinabog is great with strategy. But, Shadow realizes that if he just moves randomly, very quickly, without even thinking, it throws off Trinabog's game. And sure enough, he does. And Shadow says, King me. And Trinabog can't even believe it. And when he loses, he says, I like you. You have balls. And his sister, Zoya, says, Dinner is ready. So they're all sitting down and eating. And Chernabog is so happy with how the game went. He just had so much fun doing it that he's excited to go with Shadow and Wednesday on their journey. And they get ready to go. So Shadow is now in his hotel and he's sleeping and he has a dream. And he wakes up and he sees this woman in white and he calls out her name. He says, Laura. She goes, I'm sorry, I did not mean to wake you, I'll go, but it's not Laura, it's a different person, it's the third sister, again her name is Zoria, but she has a different second name, and they're sitting looking out the window, looking at the constellations, and they go and sit outside, get a better glimpse of the stars and the uh, sister talks about her other sisters and says that the other sisters would always be with her brother protecting the gates and Shadow is not exactly sure what that means but the sister looks at the moon and she puts it in the palm of her hand and she pulls out a silver dollar and Shadow says what a nice palming trick he wakes up and thinks it was a dream but when he opens his hand he has a silver dollar 
now. The year is 19, the year is 1721. And there's a man named Mr. Ibis, and he owns a funeral home. And there he is cleaning the table where the bodies lay. And he recants a story that he remembers. It's of a woman named Essie. And she is from the southwest part of England. And there Essie goes every day to the beach. And she waits for a ship for her father, who's a fisherman. And when she comes back, her nana tells her stories of pixies and the springins and the black dogs of the moor and all these stories. Now, she sees her mother and her nana just constantly cleaning and cleaning and working really, really hard. Years pass and as he is no longer a little girl. She sees a boy named Bartholomew, who's about 18 years old, and she goes to a stone at night, and she puts some bread on it that Bartholomew had eaten. She wraps it in her own hair, and she does this because it was said that you have to give pixies and these creatures something and they'll do whatever you need them to do. So she gives it to them. The next day, Bartholomew looks down on Essie, and he wants to be with her. And so they go together, and Bartholomew leaves to go to Oxford, but Essie is pregnant. Unfortunately, the baby is stillborn, and it isn't delivered. Now, Essie meets another man named Josiah, and they sneak into, one night he sneaks into um, her house, and they, she is cleaning houses too, by the way. And she sneaks him into one of the houses, and they kind of rifle through everything. But they get caught, and they go to trial. He, Josiah is convicted, and he is hanged. The judge takes pity on Essie, though, and sends her for seven years to be deported to another, to the Americas. Now, when she's on the ship, she meets the captain, and she falls in love with the captain. And what she's able to do is he takes her as his wife. So now her sentence is kind of gone. She's just no longer this Essie that has a sentencing. When the captain would go, to do whatever work he needed to do. He'd be gone for long stretches of time. So what Essie did is she would dress up in clothes and she would steal from people. One day she goes to a bar and she's dressed up as an elitist and she sees a man. She goes, that's the guy who I'm going to steal from today. And she goes to him 
and she starts flirting with him to take his wallet. And when he turns around, it's Bartholomew, the man that she had a stillborn baby with. He reports her, and she's again sent to be deported for a long time. Now this ship that she's on, it's decrepit and filled with disease and terrible conditions. But she's still being deported to Virginia. Uh, she was going to be executed, but it turns out she was pregnant. She refused to mention who the father was, so the judge took pity on her and decided to deport her instead. She arrives in Virginia, and she is bought by a tobacco farmer. And his wife died giving birth, but they had a daughter. Now, as this man owned Essie, this daughter, who was small and blonde, would get priority treatment. So when her baby and this daughter would cry, uh, the daughter would get preference of getting fed first. Now, these two children, they grew up together. Her son has dark black hair, and this daughter has yellow hair. And Essie again recants the stories of pixies like her mother and I used to tell her. Now, uh, the farmer eventually falls in love with Essie, and he proposes to her for marriage. So she is no longer considered to be beneath, but now she's of the same class. And people around say, wow, you have such a beautiful wife. And again, they have a child together. It's a boy. And he's blonde too. And as he grows up with them, telling them the stories of the pixies again, and all this stuff. However, they, the farmer and Essie have been married for a whole decade, and the farmer developed a toothache, but it was so bad that he falls off his horse, and it turns out he had blood poisoning, so he was buried, and Essie had the farm. Now, the two boys fight for the blonde girl's hand. They both happen to be in love with her, even though one is technically a half-brother. And they fight, and the dark-haired boy, Essie's oldest son, kills her youngest. And so now, uh, he takes the blonde girl as his wife. And they have uh, grandchildren, and or Essie has grandchildren. She tells some stories again of all this stuff. Uh, however, she tells them, she doesn't tell them of all the nastiness of the real stories. She's by herself now, sitting, sh uh, chucking peas, and this man approaches her. With he's very tall and he has red hair and pointy ears and he says hey you left me something one time on the stone she goes do I know you he goes you left me that piece of bread and she realizes that he is one of the pixies 
And he says, are you ready? And he takes her hand. And she passes away. Now, Mr. Chernabog, Shadow, and Mr. Wednesday are leaving. And they're going off to a new place. Uh, they're driving to a land called Cairo. Shadow says, how are we going to get to Cairo? We can't go to Egypt. He goes, no, no, no. Think of it differently. There's a place called Cairo. And he realizes that this is Cairo, Illinois. So, they go on their way. Now, Mr. Wednesday, he says, first we need to do something. He says, what do we need to do? We need to rob a bank. And Shadow says, I can't rob a bank. I'm not going back to jail. He goes, no, no, no. He'll be fine. Trinabog stakes outside of a bank and he puts an out of order sign on the ATM. So when people come, he says, Here, I'll take your money. Here's a deposit slip. And what he does is people stupidly give him their money. And he gives Shadow his cut and he drives off later and deposits the rest back to the bank. So no one is very suspicious of what happened. Now he says to Shadow, there's your cut. That's my payment to you for now. Now, they're walking, and they're in this uh, kind of like a swanky apartment. And uh, they see all these little knickknacks everywhere, Santa Claus, and little bells, etc. It's actually, the apartment opens up, and it's like a carnival. So they're there, and there they see Chernabog. And Chernabog, Shadow, Wednesday, sit down with this older black man. And his name is Mr. Ansi. And he talks about all these stories that he has and whatnot. And, uh... Mr. Wednesday says, you don't need to tell him any stories. It's okay. But he continues to do so. So they go on to this... This, uh... Merry-go-round. And on there, Mr. Ansi starts telling him more stories. And Shadow starts to see visions. He sees Mr. Ansi turn into a spider. A giant spider. And he's not sure what's going on. And there he sees Mr. Wednesday on his horse, but his horse has six legs. And the two ravens arrive on Mr. Wednesday's shoulders. And he says, you know who I am. I'm a god. And Shadow says, what should I believe? And he says, my name is Odin. And that's where Wednesday comes from. Wednesday is the word for Od Odin's day, but Odin was pronounced Woden, so Woden's day. Now to reveal, Chernabog and his brother are Russian gods. One is for light and one is for darkness. Chernabog is darkness, and it was said that the morning the light would open up, and that brother would go about the day 
and his sisters would protect, would open up the gates and close the gates. And Mr. Anansi is uh, the West African god Anansi, which is a spider god who is famous for being like a, a Loki, mischievous and telling stories. So everyone is gathered around now, and Mr. Anansi starts telling the story. He says, you know, when I was in Africa, there was a tiger, and he had great big balls, and he wanted to go swimming. And I said, why don't you leave your balls here, and that way they can be dry, and I'll watch them. And so he goes, he does it. Uh, Mr. Anansi leaves his two little spider balls, and he takes the tiger's balls and puts them on himself. And he runs around singing, saying, I've got big tiger balls. The monkeys say, what a fun song. And so they start singing it. When the tiger comes out of the water, he says, where are my balls? You left me with these two little ones. And Mr. Nazi says, I didn't do anything. Those monkeys did it. And the tiger says, there's no way I'm going to believe you about that. But he hears the monkey singing it, and he runs after them. And Mr. Nazi scratches his big balls now. And everyone claps. And Odin says, you didn't need to tell a story. And he goes, oh, that was just a warm-up. That wasn't even anything. Just then, there's this old Indian woman. And she has a sari on. And she comes out. And Shadow sees behind her a tall, dark demon female figure that has knives in her hands and has skulls in her hands too and I think she's Kali the Indian goddess now Shadow is coming off of the merry-go-round and now that merry-go-round was a way for him to be swept up into this world of gods and he's not really sure what to believe anymore the Indian woman by the way she called herself Mama Chi yeah. uh, Shadow talks about how he met a very weird guy in a limousine one day and how he just kept buzzing and shaking she says, yeah, he's a bit weird, but there, those folks are coming after us, and they're dangerous. Now, Shadow uh, gets out of a car, and all the other old gods, they walk to where they need to go. Someone ambushes Shadow and hits him in the head, and now when he wakes up, he's tied to a chair. And these guards who have sunglasses are beating him up, hitting him. And they throw him into a cell that's cold and he has no clue what's going on. Just then, his wife, Laura, appears. And she looks pale, with dark hair, wide eyes. And she says, you have to get up, Shadow. I took care of them for you. That was what you mean. And he looks out. And the guards are slain. Blood is everywhere. 
And so he goes, oh my gosh, I need to leave. He gets out and he starts going. Now, Laura is standing there, his wife, and they're on train tracks, his shadow's walking away. And then he asks her, Laura, what do you want? And she says, I want to be alive again. Not half-life, but I want to be alive again. I want to feel blood flow through me. And she says, make it happen. I know you can figure it out. And Shadow just walks off. Now, he keeps walking, and he's through the woods. And he sees a raven. The raven is talking to him. And that raven is coming from Odin. And Shadow walks into a store. He says, I need to get to Cairo. And the guy says, sorry, man. I don't know how you're going to get there. And he goes, is there like a car I can buy? And he goes, actually, yeah. My brother sells a really crappy car. And Shadow says, I'll buy it from him for 600 bucks. So, you agree? No. Shadow gets the keys to the car and as he gets in the car this figure appears that looks kind of like a minotaur he says where are you going shadow shadow goes oh my gosh more of you and he goes i'm going to cairo and the minotaur says the storm is coming and he goes are you another god and the minotaurish creature says what are gods and just vanishes. Now Shadow is driving again and there's this girl who has pink hair, blonde hair and glasses. She says, hey I need a ride. And he goes, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And he says well I need a ride and you look like the type of guy that would help a damsel in distress. So he says, fine I'm going to Cairo. And she goes, oh that's perfect. I'm on the way. So they get in the car and she starts talking to him and she says you know you don't seem to be so crazy I thought maybe I'd be dead by now but you're I'm not so you must be fine as they're driving she tells him the story of Pan and Pan is the Greek god who has horns and said that do you know that there was a guy in Greece who was running and he was back he was running to Athens to report on the outcome of a big battle and he runs into this god named Pan and Pan says hey tell them to build me a temple here so he runs the rest of the way reports the battle and he says oh and by the way Pan's want, Pan wants you to build him a temple he goes huh is that true and the reason is because that Minotaurish god was actually Pan. So they start trading stories back and forth, and Shadow tells him the story of the king who had to sacrifice himself for landing safely in America, and how he sacrificed himself to Odin. He drops off the girl, and he goes and makes it to his hotel. He decides to just turn on the TV to watch something and relax. 
So, he's watching an I Love Lucy comes on. She looks at the TV and says, Shadow, we need to talk. And he freaks out. Goes, what? And she's talking to him. She's saying, hey, I know my partner is a little weird, but you need to be with us. Goes, who are you? What are you talking about? Says, oh, that guy in the limousine. He's really weird, but we're still the right team. And he goes, oh, okay. So, the guy in the limousine, his name is uh, Technology Boy. And what's happening is there's a war between old gods and new gods. The old gods are gods like Odin, Anansi, Kali, those types of the elf, uh, the guy with the red hair, Matt Sweeney is actually a leprechaun. And the new gods are Technology Boy. I Love Lucy talking is media, and there'll be another one that you will meet named Mr. World. But these are the gods that people are now sacrificing their time and their efforts towards. So Shadow eventually makes it to Cairo, and he runs into Mr. Ibis. And Mr. Ibis in Egypt was a god who would help judge the dead. He would weigh your heart, and if it weighed, if it balanced with a feather, you were good to go. If not, it got eaten by a demon. And he tells Shadow that all his gods here were immigrants. We came with the immigrants. We chose to just not leave. We stayed here. And he says, this is my partner, Mr. Jackal. And Mr. Jackal is scrubbing down a body. And he is the Egyptian god that has like a dog's head, not a human, but a man's body. And his job was to mummify all the organs. So he's taking a cadaver and putting the organs into different jars and whatnot. Now, he gives Shadow a suit and he says, time to go. Now another side story is of this man named Salim. Salim came to America and he came from Oman and he has a briefcase full of golden trinkets and his job is to sell them. His, his brother-in-law, back home in Oman, he creates these trinkets and they gave Salim money to go to New York to sell them. But Salim has been making no money. Very, very tough to make any money. And he faxes his brother-in-law that he hasn't been doing well. And his brother-in-law scolds him and says, you need to do this. Everyone is dependent on you. And Salim is actually scared of his brother-in-law. So he has an appointment every day to meet a man. Uh, and this man, he's in a corporate office. And this man owns Pan Global Imports. And Salim wants to show him his trinkets, but the secretary is always too busy and too sick. And Salim just stays there the entire day without selling anything. Salim says that he feels scared in New York with the buildings and he walks everywhere so he can save money. He would smuggle falafel into his hotel room until he realized that no one cared. One day after leaving Pan Global from not talking to the man, the boss, 
Greeny. He gets in and the taxi driver says, where are you going? And Salim tells him the address of his hotel. So they start talking. He goes, what do you sell? He says, I sell crap. And the taxi driver, he is also Middle Eastern. He has huge dark glasses, facial hair, big bushy hair. He says, I've been here forever, just driving people around. Even drove someone to the airport and they just ran out to even pay me. He goes, that is terrible. Now, Salim calls him a friend and the man turns around. Oh, sorry, the man actually was stuck in traffic with Salim and he falls asleep at the wheel, not moving though. Salim puts his hand on the man's shoulder and he wakes up and his eyes are fiery. They have fire in them. Salim says, are you going to kill me? And he goes, no. And Salim says, my grandmother swore that she had seen an ifrit late one evening on the edge of the desert. She saw its face and its eyes like yours were burning flames. And the man says, your grandmother came here too. And Salim knows. He says, are you a jinn? And a jinn is kind of like a not to be confused with a genie, but kind of like a Middle Eastern myth type of creature like that. Now, Salim arrives at his hotel, and he puts his hand on the man's shoulder, and he pats him on the shoulder so that he, he could feel his flesh. And Salim says, I'm in room 517. He doesn't know why he says it. But he says it. The man eventually comes back and sees Salim in the lobby. And he says, I'm here. They go into the elevator together, holding hands. And Salim is sitting naked on his bed. The man says, can I use your shower? And when he comes out, they're both naked. They have very intense sex together. And Salim can't believe it. Everything he thought about himself was gone. And when he wakes up, his stuff is gone. But the man leaves him an ID that doesn't really look like him, but no one would care. His glasses. And takes his swag. So now Salim has a way to restart his life. And to just be to just vanish and the man always says I don't grant wishes because he's not a genie so Salim repeats that now Shadow is with Mr. Ibis Mr. Wednesday and they're driving down he uh, is in it's winter time and Shadow is walking, and there's a bridge, and under the bridge, he sees Mad Sweeney, the leprechaun. Mad Sweeney says, I've been looking for you. Hey, that gold coin that I gave you, I gave you the wrong coin. I need it back. And he goes, oh. And he says, I'll give you anything for it. And he goes, really? Yeah, man, I can give you as many coins as you need, gold. 
the shadow says, what am I supposed to do with gold coins? How am I going to deposit them? He goes, hey, so do you have the coin or not? He goes, I don't. Because shadow had put it on Laura's grave. And so the man can't believe it. And he's freaking out. So he uh, says, man, that was the wrong coin. I need that coin back. And he says, Shadow, do you know how I did it? He goes, what are you talking about? The coin trick. And he goes, no. I just pulled it out of the hoard as a leprechaun. You just pull gold out of the hoard whenever you need it. But that coin was a coin that I need. And if I don't get it, Odin is going to kill me. Shadow said, I'm sorry, I don't have it. So Mansweeney says, fine. I'm just going to sit here in the cold. And then he does. And he just freezes to death. Shadow brings his body into his car and brings it back to Mr. Ibis. They make a toast to Matt Sweeney. But Mr. Ibis, uh, Matt Sweeney wakes up again and he talks about Ireland and he talks about all the pixies and everything in there. Or no, sorry, Matt Sweeney's remembering these stories, I think. And Mr. Odin, Mr. Wednesday, says that, okay, it's time for us to go. Shadow says, yeah, I'll drive. And that is the story of American Gods so far. There will be a big battle, though, between the new gods and the old gods. The new gods are media, technology, and Mr. World, whose globalization, and the old gods.